Good morning. Ooh, that's... <laughs> How are we all doing? Good. This morning, we're looking at the series um, on missions, and we're coming to the end of it, the last uh, of, this, of the series. Um, so, uh, we're calling it Pentecost Sunday. This is the day when the Holy Spirit came on His church. He empowered, He energized, He strengthened, and He gave them a new vision. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not stand against it. He has empowered the church, friends. We are not some kind of a corporation or an organization. We are a church, the body of Christ, and He's the head. So let's just pray and come at this morning, this word into your hand, in, 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 in his hands. Father, we come to you and we ask this morning, come Holy Spirit, we need you. Your word says where two or three gathered in my name, I'm there. And we all are the temple of the living God and we carry the Holy Spirit within us. He's in us. And you're with us. And yet, Lord, we pray, come Holy Spirit and fill us. Strengthen us. Energize us. Empower us. Enable us to be the people that you want us to be. Help us, God. We bring ourselves into your, under your word. And Lord, we pray that your word will have an impact on our lives. That we'll be a people, Lord, God will be changed. Keep on changing by your word. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd help us in this regard. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We call this Sunday as Pentecost Sunday. And uh, we have this amazing scripture reading as read for us. Tells us exactly what happened on those days. Just to recap on what we're doing, uh, we looked at um, uh, the whole series on uh, missions, and we looked at missional God, how missions originated from God. It is the heart of God. God who seeks out and sends out. And then we looked at Jesus, missional Jesus, how God sent Jesus into the world, and He's sending us where the divine word became flesh, and moved into our neighborhood. And then we saw the missional church. God was using, to, using church, using us to be a blessing to others and to advance His kingdom. And then we looked at missional living. What does it mean to be in this world as an individual? What does it mean to be in this world and not of this world? And then we looked at missional task last Sunday. Amazing story of how missions reaches out, and how people go into extreme situations to share God's love. And we saw what happened in Ukraine and places like that. And this morning, we are looking at Pentecost Sunday, and we finished the series with this, uh, uh, with this Sunday called a Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Spirit came down and gave us the ability. We all celebrate Christmas Day at the birth of Jesus, isn't it? We have Easter Sunday to celebrate and the resurrection, where we celebrate the resurrection of a Savior. 
But, in, but we seem to miss out the third observance, the third event. It is just as central to understanding as the other two, Christmas and Easter, of what it means to be a Christian and what it means to belong to a church. And this third event is called the Pentecost Sunday. This is the great day in our calendar, which is, which is rooted in the book of Acts. It celebrates the day when the Holy Spirit descended. I think last year when I was speaking on the same topic, we looked at why God chose that particular day. Why did He choose that particular day to send the send this Holy Spirit? What is Pentecost Sunday? Pentecost got its name from 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, 10 days after He ascended into heaven. And that's when, we, that's when the Holy Spirit came. And as He was ascending, He told His disciples, wait for me in the upper room. And they went. And interestingly, the disciples did not know how long it was going to take place. They didn't know. It was after 10 days the Holy Spirit was going to come. And they were waiting. They were waiting. And friends, we know that the day when Jesus Christ was resurrected, in, uh, 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 the day when he was ascended into heaven, in 1 Corinthians, there were a lot of people who saw Jesus taken up, who heard that command, go wait for me in the upper room. And for all those people that were there, it's only 120 waited. They waited. They waited. And that's how we have the day of Pentecost, 50th day after the resurrection of Jesus, 10 days after the ascension of Jesus. Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Very interesting verse. Many a times we tend to just read over it and we forget the details that are there. And it's very interesting, friends, that, you know, when we talk about Christmas, we have Christmas cards and then we see three wise men. Well, the Bible doesn't tell there was three wise men. It's a tradition that we build up. And so it is, last night I was looking at the Pentecost, the images, and almost all of them have a symbol of dove. Now, on the day of Pentecost, there was no dove. The dove came when Jesus was being baptized, and when he came out from water, the Holy Spirit symbolized, came upon him in a, symbol, uh, in a symbolic form of a dove. But on the day of Pentecost, there was no dove. There was other symbols, mighty rushing wind, the, uh, and, and then the, uh, the fire, the tongues of fire that came and separated and the rest of them. The mighty rushing wind, it is powerful. It was powerful, significant. The people heard what was happening. I was on the, just on the uh, base of uh, Niagara Waterfalls. How many of you have been there? And you know the roar when the water goes over. And it just thinks of me. You can multiply that in many times. Just to think of what happened on the day of Pentecost when the mighty rushing wind came in. Now, we're going to look at a few words in this verse. Key things. On the, when the day of Pentecost came, some of the translation says fully came. It was a chosen day that God decided to send the Holy Spirit. 
And what were the 120 doing? They were all together in one place, in one accord, as some translation says. They were together in one place. And friends, it's so important for the gathering of the people to be there in one place, in one mind. I, I, I can understand those 10 days, they were kind of arguing, well, Jesus rose from there, what are we going to do next? We don't know what's going to get. We, we're going to be persecuted. Um, I mean, they were coming to a, an agreement in one accord, in one, uh, together in one place. It was a unifying thing that they were there, uh, coming together. On the 10th day, suddenly, look at the word suddenly. They weren't expecting. But suddenly, the Holy Spirit came like a blowing of a uh, violent wind and came and filled the whole house Look at the next phrase. Fill the whole house as they were sitting. Why did Luke, Dr. Luke, write these words? Why was he particular in, in writing these phrases? Suddenly, he tells us the Holy Spirit is free and sovereign, not bound to anyone's timing or technique. The Holy Spirit does not come after some agonizing effort on part of the believers in Jerusalem. They did not bring the Holy Spirit down by their actions. He came down upon them unexpectedly. This is all God's doing. The Holy Spirit is from God. As we see, He came from heaven. It's from God. And when He comes, He comes suddenly. We cannot put the Holy Spirit in a box and make a tradition out of Him. Whatever denomination it might be, friends, it's so easy that we make traditions of things. Traditions are good. But when it comes to things of God, how the Holy Spirit moves, what He does, and what God does in our life, we can't put Him in a box We cannot make the Holy Spirit to come and go as we please. There is no emphasis on sensationalism in this verse. In fact, it, when it tells us the word seated, it shows they were not praying at that moment. As a Jewish common position for prayer would be standing, kneeling, falling prostrate, or at the temple, swaying. They weren't doing all this thing. They were just sitting. Unexpectedly, the Holy Spirit came, came upon them. If they were sitting, the inference may be that they were doing nothing, anything to induce the Holy Spirit. There was no shaking. There was no swaying. They were just sitting. And the Holy Spirit came. And friends, what a clear truth is for us today. That Holy Spirit is sovereign. He's a person just like Jesus. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit to His disciples saying, He will come. He is another person just like me. If Jesus was a human figure, a personality, so is the Holy Spirit. So is the Holy Spirit. And Jesus used another word for the Holy Spirit. He calls it paraclete. Paraclete. Para. 
alongside with us. He sent us to be alongside with us, to help us, to enable us, to energize us. And that is the Holy Spirit. Three things we find from this passage of, uh, of Acts. Why did the Holy Spirit come? Could God have done it? It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. Power for what? When? When the Holy Spirit comes. It's not just keeping within ourselves for His work. The power is to help us to be His witnesses. Not to demonstrate and show how good we are or how powerful we are or how special people we are. But the Holy Spirit came. He came in power to help us to be His witnesses. Just be His witnesses. The concept of witness is so prominent in the book of Acts that it occurs 39 times in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit comes, friends, that we as a church, we will just be His witnesses. How are we going to be His witnesses? Wherever you are, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, wherever you are, show, let people see Christ in you. And let them see what makes you different. We all go through troubles. We all go through hardships. But we as Christians, because the Holy Spirit who's with us, a comforter, a person who walks with us, a person who helps us, friends, at those difficult situations, we can be on another level. And we can be a people who will encourage others. Let them see the joy and the happiness that we have in spite of all the difficult times that people can come and say, well, what makes you different? We are called to be His witness. God is equipping His church with the power of His Spirit so that He will be glorified among all nations. The gospel by its very nature cannot be confined to a cuddly, safe, insulated environment where we just huddle up and wait for Jesus' second coming. Well, the church did that. The early church in the book of Acts did that. After the Holy Spirit came upon, they were in Jerusalem. And one of the things that happens, as we see in history, when they all get safe and cuddly, persecution comes. As soon as the persecution hit the church in Jerusalem, they spread out. And wherever they went, they carried the good news. While the apostles stayed back in Jerusalem, wherever the people went, they carried the good news. Friends, it tells us, being witness is not some paid professional people. It is for everyone. We all are called to be His witness. Wherever we are, we are His witness. Gospel insists us in reaching out into the community where people are hurting and lost. We are given that power so we can tell people about Jesus, enabling Him, enabling others to know Him. There is no point in having the power of the Holy Spirit if we are not sharing the gospel. There is no point in sharing the gospel if we don't have the Holy Spirit's power within us. I'll come again. There is no point in having the power of the Holy Spirit if we are not sharing the gospel. 
There is no point in sharing the gospel if we do not have the Holy Spirit's power. God promised His Spirit to empower His church to be His witnesses. Friends, this morning, you and I, every person sitting here in this room, sitting outside, watching us online, we are being empowered by the Holy Spirit to be His witness. Can people see Jesus in our life? The only Bible that people will read, that non-Christian will read, is us. And can they see Jesus in our lives? Can they see Jesus? Friends, I urge you this morning that we will go from this place knowing that the Holy Spirit has empowered us. He has given us His power. He energized us to be His witness. Let people see that who we are, that we are His witnesses. A second phenomenon that we see on that day was the language. And we saw the list. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, Mesopotamians, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Pergia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, the Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue. Lord of nationalities. And that's why we're encouraging today, friends. Try something different. Come in different nationalities. And you might think, who's this crazy guy up there with the guitar with the hat on? That was John trying to represent with the hat on. Something different to show that we all are diverse. And the Holy Spirit is bringing all of us together to declare His works. It is symbolic from these 15 nationalities that the church began in a very different cultural and language context. It is symbolic with these diverse nationalities that was breaking down of barriers. And God was saying, this is church not just for a chosen few, but for everyone. And even before the day of Pentecost, there was an Old Testament prophet who prophesied what was going to happen on, the day, on, on, on that day. Joel chapter 2, verse 28. And afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters, age is no barrier. Gender is no barrier. Will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. When Joel says that God will pour out the Spirit on all flesh, he means that God will draw men and women, young and old, to make himself known to them in a very powerful way. He's going to make himself known. Gone are the age barriers. Gone are the gender barriers. Gone are the social barriers. Gone are the educational barriers. Gone are the racial barriers. This is what the Holy Spirit did on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Spirit includes and calls all people, the rich, the ragged, the scholars, the unschooled, the blacks, the whites, and the browns in his dynamic mission of declaring the wonders of God. In whatever strategic position God places us, we declare his wonders. People actually heard the early Christians speak in their own language. And they were surprised. There was no need for an interpreter. The message was exclusively evangelistic. 
whether it was Pharisees or Arabic or Latin or Greek or whatever. Everyone who were present there, 15 nationalities, heard these disciples speak and hear the, uh, the wonders of God made known in their own language. From the very first day, the church is a church of good news for everyone. Not just for the Jew, but from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Revelation 1 verse 7. After this I looked. This is John. Sent off on the, uh, on the island of Patmos. All alone by himself. Lifts up his eyes and he sees the heavens opened. And this is what he sees. I looked up and there before me was a great multitude. And one and no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, language. Standing before the throne room of the Lamb of God. But the power of Acts isn't just about the language of your country of origin. It's also about the language spoken in a particular subcultures in our country. Here in the northern side of Brisbane, what are the subcultures? The language that people speak and we don't. What about the languages that are spoken only in particular subcultures like the bikies, the tradies, the truckies, the mother of preschoolers, youth, young people? Are we learning to speak the language to share the good news? The Holy Spirit has empowered His church to be His witness, to speak the languages of those people. And look at this. This is interesting. This is what SBS brought about on the 13th of April. Ten fascinating Australian subcultures you have no idea that existed. And I was blown as well. I was reading this list of people that existed. Look at all the furries and, and all kinds of groups of people there. And Google up and you'll see the subcultures in Australia. They need, to know the, they need to know Jesus as well. And God has chosen His church to be His witness. There's a great need for good news among people of these subcultures within our own country, friends, in our own doorstep. The day of Pentecost is a powerful reminder that along with the power, He gives us ability and also He enables us with gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. He enables us. We all have gifts. It's the same Spirit who has gathered here, who has gathered us here, just like the upper room. Also, He sends us out to diverse and needy community of the world to be witnesses of God's love. In the New Testament, in the early church, they were in spectators. They were, they were contributors. Everyone was participating in being his witness. And how sad today, friends, is the church. We have so many, so many people just sitting about, dwindling their thumbs. We'll just make church a Sunday. Weekdays, we will lead our normal lives. Weekdays, we'll, we'll just be like the others. This is not what the church is all about. 
We are not just spectators. We are contributors. You know, friends, when we come to sing and worship here, you want that worship experience to be powerful? When the words are put up, mean those words as you sing. Let those words come alive in your heart. Powerful words as we sing and we worship, declaring who God is. And you will know, friends, how the worship touches you. Let's not just be spectators, but let's be contributors. Let us be participants in church. There's tremendous needs in church. And I praise God for people who stand up and volunteer, give their time. And friends, you will experience the blessings of God. That is what the early church was. And no wonder the church grew. The church grew. Let us be participants in His body. In our self-personalized world, our natural tendency is to be self-centered, self-serving, instead of self-sacrificing. First Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Everyone has a gift. No one can say here, I don't have a gift. Everyone has a gift. Some talent or skill that God has blessed you with. So, what is yours? What is yours? And how are you fulfilling this command? How are you using your gift that you have? It is possible to left It is possible to let a gift go unused. In doing this, however, we disobey God and we cheat the church of His blessing. For this reason, we must use our gifts. Let us not bury our gifts, friends, and let it go unused. God has given us gifts that we will use. Are you a follower of Jesus? Then, if you are, you're given a spiritual gift to use to serve others. Use your spiritual gifts. And there are some things that you should know. And I was looking at Tyndale.com. Google it up and look at how it, it gives a series of how to identify your gift and how to use it. And you'll be amazed to see some of those gifts are there buried. Bring it up to the fore. I remember... After I finished my studies here in Brisbane, we were going to Tasmania, and this was a Bible college. I had never d- did a teaching in my life before. And I got there, and the first time when I was teaching, I was like, it was like preaching in every class. And people called me an Indian Express as well. <laughs> and the principal told me, friends, preaching is different from teaching. And then I began to, and I had discovered the gift of teaching, what it means to teach. And build up that gift. The more you discover your gift, the more you use your gift, the more you build up your gift. And that's how you see a muscle person who works on the gym uses his muscles. And friends, gifts, let's use our gifts. Let's use it to build up the church, to make the church strong and healthy as we use our gifts. This is what Tyndale says in his, in his uh, writing uh, uh, in, in, the, uh, in the webpage. He says, be thankful for your gift God gives you. Never resent the gift He has given someone else. God has created you with a certain personality to match the gift He has given you. Look for opportunities to use your gifts inside and outside of the church. 
pay attention to the area and the group of people that God wants you to serve. And you will satisfy your own needs by helping others in need. Only you can do what God has gifted you to do. If you do not use your gift in that area, He wants you to use it, then you are neglecting what God wants you to do. Never be afraid to use your gift because this is from God. If you start where you are, God will equip you and make it possible for you to go where He wants you to go. Don't despise the small ways to help others. The more you use your gift, the more opportunities you will get. Don't think of yourself more highly than anyone else because you have a special gift. After all, everybody in the body of Christ has a gift, whether they use it or not. And when you use the spiritual gifts, you glorify God and bless others. Use your gifts, friends, to help to build the kingdom of God. Use your gifts to be a witness in your community. Wherever you are, friends, in your workplace and at home. And this is what Pentecost means. That God has empowered us to be His light in the world. Matthew chapter 15, 14 to 16. And I'll close with this. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, the lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise the Heavenly Father. God has made us His light and let us shine. The darker the world gets, the brighter the light shines. So you might be thinking, what is this world coming to? There's more darkness. The more brighter your light will shine. You are the light of the world. He has sent His Holy Spirit to be the light of the world. God has chosen us to do His work. From a human perspective, we may wonder, is that the best decision that God made, that he, has that he has chosen us? He could have chosen the angels to speak to the lost humanity. Of course, He could have done it. He could have sent thousands of angels and poof, they have gone to the world and changed the whole world. But God has chosen us with all our limitations to reach the hurting world. He has chosen us with hurts and difficulties to reach out to the world. For that matter, God himself could have simply poked his face through the heavens and said, Hello world, I am God, you are not. God could have done that. But God has chosen men and women to be his witnesses in the world. People may have looked at the first Christians as weird, but they liked what they were doing. When they saw their love for one another, miracles took place in their midst. There was joy in their lives. And when they saw it. They wanted what the church had. Friends, let us be the light. This is Pentecost. And this is what God has asked us to be. His light. To be a blessing in this world. Are we His witnesses? Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, 
Thank you, Lord God, that you have given us your Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has given us gifts, abilities, enabled us, energized us, empowered us. And Lord, let's celebrate this. Help us, Lord, to celebrate this. And let us be a people, oh God, who would show joy in midst of sorrow, who would show happiness in midst of difficulties, who would be a light that's not hidden that will shine forth. That people will see you through our lives and glorify you. Be with us, we pray. Strengthen us. Help us. Help us, Holy Spirit, to be his witnesses. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.